everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Rachel Drory, the founder of Daily Harvest. You might think you're getting all your vegetables in, but Rachel doesn't think you are. And she created an easy, accessible, affordable way for you to make sure you're getting your healthy fruits and vegetables in, that they're not laddered with pesticides. And um, we talk about why that's important. Take a listen. So today's guest is the founder of Daily Harvest, Rachel Drory. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I first became aware of what you had founded. I think someone sent so much. Maybe it was when you launched to my office. And yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm now possible. obsessed with the cookie bites and the all, all the great things. So will you tell uh, my listeners a little bit about what Daily Harvest is? Yeah. So we basically make all of the food that you always want, but you never have time to eat. So as you're scrolling, you know, down your feed, looking at all these bloggers who have hours to make food look beautiful, and then they Instagram it to make it look even more beautiful. Um, Meanwhile, you're eating like a sad bar or (laughs) something that is less than you know you should be eating. That's when we swoop in and we're we're here to solve that problem. And you've also solved it by making it really easy and portable. Yes, absolutely. So um, we like to say we're for people who know what they should be eating, but don't have the time. And the only way you can solve for that is by making really clean food that is super convenient. So what were you doing before this? Yeah. And what got, what was that aha moment to, to start this? I was working at Guilt Group at the time and um, I was hangry. I was, you know, I had meetings booked back to back and I never had time to like go to the bathroom or eat food. So I'd run into the pantry in between meetings and there'd be stale birthday cake sitting there and I'd be like, all right, this will do. And I just, I knew better, uh, but I never had the time to really eat the way that I aspired to. So for myself, I had to solve the problem. Um, but then when I realized it wasn't just a, a Rachel problem, it was a problem a lot of people were having it, where uh, it was a problem a lot of people were having, um, you know, I saw the, the opportunity to, to solve for this need state, which is, you know, busy and hungry. The two don't work together. No, they're terrible. Because yeah. then you make really fucked up choices. Yeah, re- I can't tell you. My husband now carries like food with him yeah. because at a certain point, if you're hungry, you, like your cognitive abilities just go way downhill and you start to say things that maybe you shouldn't say. Yeah. Or snap at your husband. <laughs> well, that, yeah. <laughs> He's like, here, here, just eat. <laughs> so you were at Guild Group when you thought of this idea. Did you look around the marketplace and see that, you know, like what was your point of view that you were able to tap into something that was unique and that yeah. would stand out and be different from all other sort of delivery systems? Yeah. So there was a lot out there. Um, it was kind of the heyday of the meal kit world. And obviously there's there's still a lot of ambient solutions in the grocery store. But, you know, for me, they all had some sort of compromise. For, for a meal kit, I was like, this is a really romantic idea that I have 45 minutes at the end of the night to cook. And, you know, that my schedule is predictable enough that I'm not going to have food rotting in my fridge. Like, that's just not me. And all the ambient solutions, I'm like, you know, you take food from a a state where it's living and breathing to something that can sit on a shelf for a year or two. Like, I don't know what the process is, but I don't want anything to do with it. So, you know, then the options are like, not great. We we know we should be eating more fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are like, nobody's ever argued with fruits and vegetables, right? (laughs) I mean, Hippocrates like a long time ago said, let's eat, let food be thy medicine. Right? But we've stopped doing that because we've traded care for convenience. So, uh, you know, really thinking about like, 
you know, how how this convenience side can be not only enabled through the form factor, but also through technology is, is what got me really excited. So I solved the problem first by meal prepping for myself. And I was like, cool. So like this sort of solves the problem. I'm eating better. Um, but there's meal prepping is, is another romantic idea. It's like, there goes your weekend. And, you know, by Wednesday, your food starts to get slimy. And Thursday, you're like, I can't eat another turmeric piece of cauliflower. Like, I no. Um, so I knew that I wanted variety. I wanted convenience. And I was like, oh, God, I wish somebody would just do this for me. And then I was like, well, nobody's doing this for me. I kind of have to do it for everyone else. Um, and that was that moment. And so how long from the idea to whether you raised money or yeah. launched it, like how long was that time period? So the idea happened faster than, than um, the time it took me to raise money. For me, even to just quit my job, I knew that I wanted to to somehow show that I had product market fit, which in the early stages is so hard to do. It's like, you know, you can make, you can tell yourself all kinds of lies. <laughs> like we all do that. Everyone right? needs a neoprene baby carrier is yeah, what I course. think. Yeah, of course. I mean, we just lie to ourselves all day <laughs> long. But for me, I wanted to have some sort of objective metric so that I couldn't lie to myself. So what I said is once I have five times more people who I do not know purchasing Daily Harvest than those who I do know, then that's probably the point at which I'm going to quit my job and, and like lean in. So I did it. It happened really quickly. It was like weeks, not months, which was really surprising to me. And that really proved that I had actually solved a problem. But how did you do it? Did you like go buy containers? How yeah. did you design no, I, the logo? Like how went, did that? Tell okay, me so, about that. So early Daily Harvest was like gross. <laughs> I want to know about the gross. <laughs> I So I'm a marketer. I love to make things beautiful, but like once I go down that hole, it's very hard to get me up. So I actually decided to lean on all the things that I didn't know how to do, which was like how to make food and how to like build a website. I don't So I really focused on those things. So the early like MVP stage, it was really ugly. It honestly wasn't that appealing. Uh, but what I said is, is if I'm really solving a problem, these other things are nice to haves. Um, like pretty branding is nice to have, but if somebody's just buying something for the branding, they don't like the food and like, I'm not, I haven't solved a problem. It's not going to work. Um, so early days, I literally went to Trader Joe's and bought a bunch of frozen fruits and vegetables and found myself a commercial kitchen in Long Island city. After I found out that I couldn't make it in my apartment, I was like, this is my I had no idea what I was doing. I got a food handler's license, which like I'm still not clear on if I actually need it or not, but like I got it because I was like, I literally don't know how to make food. So I got to figure out how to make food and, you know, just made everything with my right hand and my left hand and delivered it in my car in New York City, um, you know, built the web website rudimentary is like very complimentary way of saying like it was a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, the fact that people still bought it, that people were still excited about it is what gave me conviction to then, you know, quit my job and continue to lean in. And, um, you know, I tried to raise money off the bat. I didn't really want to, but, you know, you need money to to run a startup. Um, so when I, when I first went out, I found that people didn't understand the concept. Like the people who I was speaking to were like, why doesn't it taste like Jamba Juice? Or like, how big is a smoothie market? And I was like, I'm not making smoothies. Like, no. Right. Um, but people are like, but I see a smoothie. Like it was, it was kind of ridiculous. I met so many investors, kissed so many frogs um, and people just didn't get it. So for me, I kind of went back to the drawing board and I was like, 
you know what, if this is going to work, I can't make this a subjective decision because all these decisions right now in these boardrooms or conference rooms or whatever they were, VC offices uh, were being made subjectively where people were like, you know, maybe my wife should try it or like, you know, I don't really think I'm your target market. And so I I went back to the drawing board and I was like, I need to show people objectively that this has legs, that this is going to be successful. So, um, you know, I set more metrics for myself. I set more like finish lines for myself or still haven't reached a finish line, but like midpoints for myself where just kind of set my sights on, on, reaching certain goalposts. So when I had those early meetings, I actually went back to all of those people and I just asked them simple questions like, what would the metrics of this business or what would my um, like customer economics need to look like so that you couldn't not give me a check? Um, and I got a lot of feedback and it was all the same thing. So I actually, in the early days, built the business to optimize for those metrics. That way, when I went out to actually raise, which was a good eight months later, I had those checks really easily because I said to those people, remember when you told me that this is what the business would need to look like? Well, okay, fork it over. So, but that first time was incredibly difficult. And how did you sustain the business for those eight months? Um, Incredibly capital efficiently. (laughs) I did everything by myself, which was like kind of insane. Yeah. Was that pre-kids? Um, it, so I like to call my oldest son my co-founder because okay. he was in my stomach during oh, this. <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, I mean, like the craziest things happened. I got locked in a freezer one day with a baby in my belly and I was like, oh my God, like what am I going to do? And the phone didn't work. It was, it was bad. How like, did you get out of the, the freezer sidebar? Somebody else came in. Okay. God. But like, you know, the craziest things, but there's never a good time. Right. And I had the idea. The moment felt right. So I just did it. I think it's amazing. Anytime I meet a woman who co-founded and or launched a company and had a kid at the same time, I'm like mind blown because I, I don't think I could have done it. But like the amount of attention you have to have on like raising a human and, and really raising a, another baby is is insane. I mean, I, I like to think of balance linearly instead of in parallel. Um, because Tell I me how that just, works. I just think, I mean, I don't know that it does yet. <laughs> TBD. This like, is what I tell like, myself. Like you have two lines side by side and they can be. Well, I just think that that's really hard. Like I think people, people talk a lot about. It's impossible. How can you be balanced and you have a family and you blah, blah, blah. There's also like myself, which just gets totally neglected, you know, but I try to think of, of balance as like a long a long game. <laughs> so, you know, like right now I'm focusing on the business and I'm focusing on my kids and, you know, I'll get to the gym at some point in a few years. And, you know, there's just like a lot of trade-offs. Uh, but I just, I think it's really hard to, to be able to, to kind of live these multiple lives at the same time. So. I think it is, but I also think that it's probably been hard for men too. Oh, absolutely. And I think that we're all like, I wish we could just have one big consortium and mm-hmm. just be like, let's all change the fucking work week. Yes. Okay. And let's not email each other at night so we can just all shut down. Boomerang. Boomerang right? is the best thing ever. What is boomerang? So boomerang. So I do my best work at night. Oh, okay. Like in the day, during the day, I, there's so many meetings and so many people need answers to questions. And I come home and I, you know, my day is, is over at, at six and I go home every single night because I want to put my kids to bed. It's the only time that I see them. And then at like 7.30 or eight after I've had dinner, that's when like, I actually think. So I send off millions of emails, but I use Boomerang. So no one gets it. Which is, yeah, it's a Gmail or Chrome attachment. And I just, everyone gets it at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> the next day. It's when great. they go to their email at nine in the morning, is it like 60 messages from it you? It is, but like, 
that's all they're going to hear from me that day. Right. Like, I love that. <laughs> and how do you avoid burnout? Like if you're turning on, back on at 730. Yeah. Like I had to stop. I'll, I'll do like a cursory check, but I have to stop myself on the weekends because I was just reaching a point of like it never ends. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because even like the weekends are also exhausting. Yeah. Like how old are your, are your kids? Oh, they're exhausting. They're that age. They're eight, five and 21 months. Yeah. Like I, I have a two and a four year old and my weekends are fucking exhausting. Like I can't wait for Monday sometimes. So, you know, you, you do burn out. It's a lot. Any tools or tricks that you that have been helpful outside of Boomerang? I mean, I try to focus on the things that I really love when things get crazy. So I love cooking. I love being part of culinary development, like at Daily Harvest. So um, <laughs> whenever I show up in our in our test kitchen, everyone's like, all right, come here. What's going on? <laughs> it's your therapy. It's my therapy. And I just love it. And, and you know, with my kids, I find it really overwhelming to be with like both of them and my husband, because I feel like there's just so many needs to to like take care of it once. And that for me is is like not regenerative. I mean, I love it and I do it, of course. Um, but I actually have have realized that doing things with just one kid, so like I will take one kid and my husband will take the other. It's like real quality time. And I actually really enjoy the time as opposed to just like Managing yelling chaos. everywhere. Agreed. So, I mean, it's like little things. No, we started doing that with my daughter and her and her tantrums and her outbursts, like I would say cut by 90% when yeah. I was just like, let me take you out alone and we're going to spend some time together. Yeah. But it also is like headspace for me because I just like everybody vying for everyone's attention at the same time is just really stressful. So what have been some unexpected hardships that have you've encountered on your journey that you're like, oh, I didn't. I didn't know that could possibly happen. I mean, there's so many. Where to begin? I mean, fundraising. Top three. T- fundraising in the beginning was like a full-on clusterfuck. <laughs> it's like, you know, it wasn't just one round. It was, you know, people just continued to not understand what I the problem I was trying to solve. And, you know, even today when I meet with people, when like we have this ridiculous track record, um, you know, we've been capital efficient. We've done things so differently from so many businesses out there. Um, and be, if if somebody can't, if you're not solving the problem for the person who is is judging your company, it still continues to be to be really difficult. I don't think I realized how hard that is. And you know, I speak to a lot of founders now, and they're like, I don't know, like I met with 20 people, it's really demoralizing. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and like, it doesn't get easier. You know, like I like play Teflon on TV, where I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I'm just gonna brush it off, but like, it sucks. And you just keep going. You know, I think that building a team is, you know, I'm, I feel so grateful for the team that we have. And But it's it's really hard. It's really hard to find the right people who, you know, understand the vision, who, um, you know, believe in the same things, who, you know, share values. It's, it's difficult. And, okay, wait, no, three. It doesn't have to be three. <laughs> it could just be two if those are your top wait. two. People and fundraising feeling like you always need to have it together because I I don't. I feel like I live in the center of a tornado all times, at all times. But there's this, I don't know if it's, I don't even think it's Instagram. I think there's just this like expectation that if you are growing a company, if people are going to put their faith in you, that like you just need to be buttoned up all the time. Like that's just not me. I I drop F-bombs everywhere in totally inappropriate places. But like, you know, I'm, I'm just like my authentic self. And, and it's, it is often in conflict with the expectations that, that people have of me. And I think that that's really 
hard and it, it can also feel really lonely sometimes where you're like, okay, I have to like put on a happy face, but I don't feel happy. And I've actually started just being really real with my team. Like I stood up in our all hands today and I was like, you know, we're doing performance reviews and performance reviews suck. <laughs> like they're the worst. Who hates performance reviews? I hate them. You know, and like then we talked about about why we were doing them and like, you know, how we wanted them to fit in the greater ecosystem. But I've just, I've kind of like just recently have, have kind of been like, I don't give a shit. Right. Um, but, you know, until you get to that point, I think that that is, there's so much pressure on that. And, and totally unexpected. Because yeah. I was like, I can always be my authentic self. Like, I don't know how to do anything else, but you really can't be all the time. No, you definitely can't be all the time because you can't be like, oh, the boat was rerouted because of a monsoon. So right. we're going to have a glitch in paying the bills Nobody this cares. month. Nobody cares. No, they're like, fuck you and your monsoon boat. Right. Okay. Right. Or like, you know, when there's a snowstorm over the Sierra Nevadas and your truck can't get over exactly. and you're just like, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Or you apologize for a shipping disaster and then a magazine, like, when, when your pants are down, like, right. makes you feel Always. worse about writing about it. Always. Like, I apologize and now you're writing an article to, like, shame me even more. Thanks. Right. right. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's great. So being that you didn't necessarily come from the food industry, mm -hmm. um, how did you come up with your recipes and who helps that with you now? Yeah. So actually all of our recipes are co-created with our customers. Uh, one of the be huge benefits of being direct to consumer is that we have this two-way conversation with every single person who comes to Daily Harvest. And, you know, through these conversations, we're actually able to understand exactly what people want and the nuances of different diets in different places around the world. And, you know, what we've been able to do is take that information and, and turn it into the food that people really want to eat. And what's so differentiated is that, you know, when you think about big food and, um, you know, innovation looking like, you know, I don't know, macaroni and cheese now with sprinkles um, or like, you know, Oreos now with more hydrogenated oils in, in the middle. You know, one of the things that that we built early on that I'm, I'm super proud of is this ability to respond to customer needs in a, in a, like a real um, timely manner. So we're able to talk to our customers, ask what they want. And then uh, we've built a responsive supply chain that allows us to respond in a really short period of time. So six to eight weeks, we turn something around. Um, and what this does is it creates this really trusting relationship with our audience, with our devotees, where they continue to tell us what they want. And we continue to deliver. Um, so that's really how we come up with everything. We, of course, we have an internal culinary team. We have a nutritionist. We have, um, you know, a chef that we have a nutritional therapist also uh, that works on our team who's really, you know, in tune with a lot of herbs and superfoods and, and kind of how it all comes together in food pairing. Um, but it really, the inspiration and the, the like more specific asks come from our customers. So what is your goal with Daily Harvest? I mean, you want to they can sell it, yeah. keep it, mom and pop. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that yet. So for me, what, um, what I'm really focused on is getting people to eat more fruits and vegetables. I really think that there's so much noise in health, wellness, nutrition, and like there's so much work to do. Our mission is we take care of food so that food can take care of you. But like there's an endless number of things that we have to do to take care of food so that humans can take care of themselves. Like we just, we, as I said, we've traded care for convenience. So for me, there's so much more to do that I like, I can't even think about that right now. It's just to get, to make fruits and vegetables easy. Fruits and vegetables should be 
should be easy, right? Like we know that they're good for us. We know we should eating, be eating more, but they're so difficult. They're so difficult. They're perishing. They're, you have to wash them. You have to cook them. You have to figure out how to make them taste good. You have to hide them in things for your children. Like there's, you know, there's just a lot to it. Um, and then there's, you know, all the regulation and all of the uh, policies that are around food. Like we, 80% of our calories today are from processed food. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So I feel like I can't focus on that yet because there's just so much more to be done. And, you know, maybe one day there's a, there's a partner that helps us get there or maybe, you know, through, maybe we go public as a fundraise. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I do know the end goal and that's really to make fruits and vegetables easy so that we can eat more of them, make them convenient. I like to ask my guests two questions. Okay. Every guest. Okay. Something we'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm scared. No, you're not going to be scared. <laughs> Something we'd be surprised to know about you. Um, actually, this is, this is a weird one. So I was allergic to kale uh, for a good year of my life. Just a year? Yeah. So it's it's crazy because of the line of work that I'm in. Um, but I actually, so when, during the time that I started Daily Harvest was actually when I was, was allergic to kale. And I was like, Shh, don't tell anyone because it's like weird. I'm telling people to eat more vegetables. And meanwhile, like my body is in disarray. Um, but it, I found out later that it was actually caused by um, an autoimmune disorder. But I went through this phase where every time I would eat kale or any cruciferous vegetables, my body would break out in these crazy hives. And it was it's really just about like balance. And I think that that, um, you know, we think a lot as a company about balance. Right. We're not saying only eat fruits and vegetables. We're not saying like, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. We're saying just eat more fruits and vegetables and, and like, you'll be fine. You'll make the right decisions. Um, and that's what I, that comes from that experience where, where my body was just like, what are you doing? You're, you're only eating kale. <laughs> you're only eating Brussels sprouts. You're only eating broccoli because I kind of was reading all of these things about all the terrible things that are going to kill us and inflammation and, you know, like well, it was before people were talking about glycophates, but like pesticides in general. And I saw what happens when you tip too far to the other side too. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to just eat a diet of cruciferous. Don't. Don't. It's not good for you. It messes with your thyroid. Ooh. I already have issues with that. So, okay. My next question is, um, any bits of advice that either you've learned the hard way or someone gave you that was like, aha, I'm going to, this one, this is a keeper. One of the pieces of, of advice that is kind of an oldie, but a goodie, uh, comes from Scott Belsky, who is a founder and an author, and he's just like a really smart guy. Um, and he said that, you know, being a founder is full of so many ups and downs that you can't, you, it's almost like you can't sweat the small stuff. You can't sweat, you can't sweat the, the highest highs and the lowest lows. You just have to aspire for that upward slope. Um, and over time it normalizes. And, you know, for, for me in this like supercharged emotional world that, that of like entrepreneurship where there's the highest highs and the lowest lows. And like, you know, one day you think everything is going your way and then the next day your truck goes missing. <laughs> you know, that's something that has been really helpful for me to focus on. It's like just focus on the long game. And I think that um, sometimes we forget that in the day to day, but um, I always found it really helpful to focus on the bigger picture and just kind of like zoom out and be like, all right, all right. If I look a year ago, if I look, you know, even six months ago, have I moved in the right direction? Are Have, we on a slope? Yes, we are. Then we're in great shape. I love it. I'm going to steal that slope. So yeah, slope it's really mentality. Good Scott, yeah. it's all Scott, not mine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
That was Rachel Drury, the founder of Daily Harvest. For more information, you can follow her at Daily Harvest.